Yeah, those that weren't able to hear, they missed you. Yeah, very much. It was a good time. I mean, we got to lead some of the worship, and and uh, it was really, really pretty cool. Cool to see the start of something. So, well, this morning when I woke up, I I got out of bed and a thought just hit me in the head, and this is what it, this is the thought that I had, and I just want you to think about it before we get into the sermon. <clears throat> While we were still sinners. That's the thought. I woke up thinking that while we were still sinners. What is that implying? That we're not anymore. (laughs) While we were. So don't sin. (laughs) You're not a sinner. Don't sin. Pretty easy. I don't know, that's just a good thought. That's a good way for me to wake up. It was nice. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's Romans 5.8. I thought, Bryn, I saw saw your face and I was like, man, that guy looks so familiar. It's so good to see you, man. It just now hit me who you were. I was like, good night, good to see you, man. How you been? Sorry, y'all. Don't, don't bother us. <laughs> when you're up here, you can't really see faces too much and stuff. And I got here, I was like, good night. Very good to see you, man. <laughs> got to go camping with us again. Yeah. All right. Sorry. We interrupt this regularly scheduled program. <laughs> yeah, my wife's thought process is rubbing off on me. She's over here, and then she's over there, and then she's... I can't follow her in conversation. I'm like, wait, are we still talking about the same thing? At least just t- tell me what subject we're on so I can at least pretend I'm, I'm tracking with you, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just, and it's logical to, to ladies to, to, to think like that. And we're like, how did you get from there to here? To, to <laughs> so I try to trace back. How did, how did she get there? Anyone ever done that before? You thought something and you jumped somewhere. It's like, how did I even start thinking about this? Try to follow the breadcrumbs, Hansel and Gretel. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Kind of like what I'm doing up here right now. Yep. Forty-six years and when what? That's the way it's been. And it stays the same. <laughs> and it gets it gets worse. <laughs> That's true. I I think if Linda had equal time, she would probably say that you caused some of that. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Hey, let me say this. If you weren't able to be here yesterday for the ladies' conference, that is, we are going to post that on, on our website um, for our podcasting. So, uh, my mother in law's here. So, would you stand again? This is my mother in law. And um, so, she, got, she was one of the speakers in the first session. 
And then Linda, which we were just joking with, she was a picture. <laughs> so we want to we want to hear what these ladies have to say. So us guys are. I'm going to go in and listen. I'm going to want to hear. I wasn't there. I'm not a lady, so so we will have that posted up there this week. So um, well, let's let's pray. Um, yeah, let's just pray. Yeah, Lord, I thank you for today. I I thank you because uh, we we experienced you as we sang, as we played instruments, and we ask that that wouldn't stop now. I just pray that we would continue to have encounters with you, and you would continue to reveal yourself to us, and you want us to be close. And Father, I just pray that you would help us to take those steps to come closer. Yeah. Why don't you all pray this with me? Father God, I ask you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know you better. Amen. I like to start every time I speak anywhere, that's the way I started off because we don't read the Bible, we don't study the Bible, we don't preach and teach the scripture to gain more intelligence or knowledge. Um, the most knowledgeable people of the scripture missed the Messiah. It doesn't mean we don't study the word, it doesn't mean it's not important, but we don't study the word to, to have information, we study it to have encounter. And so uh, there's something that takes place whenever we allow the words of God to go into our heart and take us to a place that we weren't before. And so that's what we ask God to do every time we hear the word of God. God, I don't want to just have information in my head. I've been trying to get rid of all the wrong information for a while. I want, I want to have encounters with you. I want to know you. And um, so that's why we pray that. It's, that's the most important thing. We can't do Christianity with head knowledge. We just can't do it. I bet if we polled people in here and asked you, is this the right thing or is this the wrong thing? I bet most of us would get every question right. You, you believe that? But the breakdown is applying that to our life. That's where the encounter of the word takes place. Like we can hear it and spout off the answers. Some, you know, some of the wisest People in the Bible I've ever known have no relationship with God, and we'll tell you I don't even I don't I don't have a, I don't go to church I don't know God, but I know the Bible, and they just want to argue, they just want to talk about the Bible. We don't want that, and and so um, I love the Bible. I read it all the time. I I try to memorize it. When I was younger, it was easier for me to memorize stuff, um, but I just want to I want to know the the Scripture, but I don't want to just know it apart from who He is. Um, so so if you want to open your Bible to um, Ezekiel 47. We're going to go there in just a minute. Um, but before we get there, I want to lay a foundation about what I'm speaking on today. <clears throat> the Lord is calling every one of us deeper. How many, how many have felt like the Lord has been calling you deeper into a relationship with Him? And um, I, would, I would say that everyone here has felt that. You know, even in worship, Jonathan said he felt that Holy Spirit was knocking on people's hearts, that, that He wanted to just have fellowship with us. And, and maybe someone, he felt like someone maybe even had had pressure uh, on their chest, but it wasn't God forcing you, it was his invitation to, to open up. He wants to be in relationship. And so I feel like everyone, in all, we were made to respond to God. So if we are hearing him uh, call us or pull us closer, um, then, then we're not listening, uh, right? <laughs> we're, we're oblivious to what's going on. The Lord wants to awaken us to what's taking place. And, and before you leave today, my heart's desire, my goal, is for you to feel God calling you to the next level of depth and who He is. Whatever that means, but that we all go deeper with Him, right? And so um, in, in Psalm 46, verse 4, 
there's a scripture, that's, it's a beautiful scripture, and someone even made a song of it a few years back. But it says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Why don't you say that with me? There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. <laughs> now, this is my translation of that, right? There's a river whose flowing, whose streaming, or whose bubbling up stirs up excitement in the king and his kingdom. There's a river who's streaming, who's bubbling up, who's flowing, stirs up excitement in the king and his kingdom. What? That's my translation, the Jared Patterson version. <laughs> JPV. <laughs> Check it out. <No. sighs> I'm going to say that again because that's the concept. There is a river who's flowing, streaming, or bubbling up, stirs up excitement in the king and his kingdom. See, God rejoices when you and I discover who we are in Him. He loves it. It causes rejoicing in heaven. The word rejoicing is a perpetual word. In other words, when, when we rejoice, it's something that keeps going over and over again. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So it's like you're happy, and then you get happy again. And then you get happy again, and then you get happy again. When you and I uh, come in contact with the river that flows from the, from the throne of God, this river that comes from His very own presence, when that river encounters us and begins to stir up inside of us, begins to bubble up inside of us, and begins to flow out of us, it causes rejoicing and joy in heaven that's perpetual. And God gets excited. And every time we go deeper into this river, He gets more excited. And every time we take another step when He initiates and we respond properly, He gets more excited. Amen? In Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 31 and 32, I'm just going to throw a couple of things here and we'll get to our, our, our text. But in Luke 12, 31 and 32, he says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you his kingdom. Why don't you say, God wants to give me his kingdom. Did you know that you can't have just a little bit of God's kingdom? Like, when His kingdom comes, it, it's all there. All right, ready? He longs for the fullness of Himself to dwell inside of us. He longs for everything that He is to, to become who we are. Amen? Stay with me, all right? John 7, verse 37 through 39. This is, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast... Jesus stood and cried out to everyone, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come drink of me. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You there? You good? What, when he was speaking of this, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, who had not come yet because Jesus did not leave. All right? You guys all right? God is calling us into a deeper relationship, a deeper relationship with who He is. When that happens, there will come a transformation that takes place inside of us. In Ezekiel chapter 47, I want to read verses 1 through 5 and talk about it for a minute, and then I want to, I want to help hopefully make this make sense. <clears throat> Ezekiel 47 verse 1. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. 
He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around to the other side um, of the gate facing the east. And there was water trickling from the south side. As the man went east from there, he was measuring out in his hand, and he measured out. Uh, the translation for us would be about almost 2,000 feet. He would measure out 1,750 feet. And as he measured out that far, he led me through waters there that were ankle deep. All right? Then he measured out another 1,750 feet. And in that place, there was water that was knee deep. Then he measured out another 1,750 feet. And in that place, there was water that was waist deep. He measured out another 1,750 feet. And there was waters to swim in. He says that I couldn't cross the river there because the water was so deep. Everyone here is being pulled, enticed by God into a deeper relationship. For some of us, we're standing on the shore in no water. And for us to even be in ankle deep water is progress. <laughs> so this is for everyone here today. What, I, what I'm trying, I want you to think of things this way. Don't grade yourself according to where other people are in their relationship with God. Grade yourself on, am I closer to him today than I was yesterday? Do I love him more now than I did before? If I was in waters that were ankle deep before, am I at least in knee deep today? Because if we can do that and just begin to measure the... It's not measuring who we are. It's not measuring what we do. It's measuring where we stand in him according to how we respond to him. I'm going to say that again. It's not about your performance. It's not about who other people think that you are. The only thing that we're, any of us will ever be graded on when we get to heaven will be how well we responded when he initiated something. You know, all the stuff we do, all the miracles, signs and wonders, all the nice things that maybe we give $5 to a homeless person, maybe we change a tire for a lady who's on the side of the road, all of those things, you won't be graded for doing those things. You will be rewarded for doing those things. You believe that? If, you be, if you're a believer, when you stand before God, all the good deeds and things that we did on the earth, he's going to come and say, hey, remember when you did this, this, and this, and this, and you did this, and you prayed for someone over here, and they felt better, and, you, and he's going to say, here's a reward for you. But what we're going to be graded on where we spend eternity is whether or not we responded when he called us. Every person, every one of us. The other stuff is icing on the cake. It's The other stuff is the the natural outflow of me responding to him. Doing good deeds. I mean, look, don't, don't um, undervalue giving $5 to a homeless person. That's just as important as praying for the sick. It, 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 it's, it's God, you moved on me with compassion and I responded. God's saying, good job. And he's saying, it's just like you healed cancer because you responded to my voice. You hearing me? So all, all we need to do is to, to, to clear all the mess right now on what we're going to be graded for. I have to perform. I have to do stuff. I have to, I have to you know, write songs. I have to, I don't know, I have to, to do this in my family. What, all that stuff's important, okay? All the good deeds and, and living a life that's, that's acceptable to Christ, it's so important. But the way to get to a life that's acceptable to Christ is when he calls my name, I say yes. I don't ask questions. He measures out 1,750 feet, and I go with him. And I find myself in ankle-deep water. 
And then he says, hey, this water's really nice here, isn't it? You start feeling the, the effects of this healing water. Let's go out 1,750 more feet. And then you're in knee deep, and you're like, man, this is really, really good. How many of you here have gone deeper with God and have regretted it? Has anyone here ever responded to God's voice and after you did it, like, man, I wish I wouldn't have responded to God? The only regret we ever live with is when we didn't respond to His voice. The only shame that you and I ever open ourselves up to are the times when we didn't listen to Him. But when we say yes, there's never regret. And let sit, let that sit for a minute. There is no, there's no regrets. There's no threat to saying yes to him. There's no negative side effects. I always laugh at the, the commercials for the medicine. I'm like, well, you have a you know allergy problem, so take this drug, and then now you have a rash. <laughs> you may lose your hearing, and in some extreme cases, you die. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'll just keep my allergies. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I love the one where it's like violent vomiting or whatever. <laughs> Explosive diarrhea. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, you know when they're making the commercials, they're just laughing. Like, dude, what are we, the guy that got paid to read the things, like, what are we selling here? <laughs> He wants to put a disclaimer at the end, just keep whatever you have. Don't, don't take this medicine. I don't want to take my name off of this. God is not this drug that we take that has negative side effects. He's our healer. He's our peace. There is no negative side effect to any time we respond according, accordingly to his call. Amen? In John, Jesus is speaking to them and he says to them, I give you my spirit without measure. And we have, we've talked about that a lot. If he gives us his spirit without measure, who determines how, mu how much of him we get? We do. If he is literally saying, I have a blank check right here, and I want to give you my spirit. As we read before, when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he was referring to the river of God that flows from him. And, and he's saying that, that the Holy Spirit's going to, be that that river that that flowing that comes out of the house of God right and he's saying and he's saying when you have an encounter with Holy Spirit this river is going to come inside of you and it's going to be like a, a bubbling up it's going to be a stream that flows from your innermost being when that happens he's saying you can have as much as you want you can measure out as deep as you want there is no he's not going to say no if you say give me more how many of you have ever felt that? you felt that fear before. You're like, man, God's going to tell me no if I ask for more of him. I can literally, honestly, think back in my life to, to the times where I'd say, God, I want more of you. And not one time was there ever a fear on my end that he wasn't going to give me more. There was never one time where I thought, oh, he doesn't want me to have more of him. He wants to veil himself in mystery so that I don't understand him because he's afraid of what I'll do with him. With him. With great power comes great responsibility. I've never thought that whenever I felt God calling me closer. And I was like, you know, the only reason that any of us can even pray and say, God, I want more of you, is because his spirit inside of us calls out, Daddy, Father. 
And the only reason that we can even get down on our knees and say a prayer, God, I want to know you more and be closer to you, is because his spirit's already worked inside of us, causing that thing to flow out of our hearts, right? The overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. So he's been working on us, pulling us to this place. So it's already a response to him. So he's obviously going to meet our request. So if he gives us his spirit without measure, and we're the ones that determine how much we get, how do we determine how much we get? By our willingness or our unwillingness to respond when he entices us to go deeper. He said, I'll give you as much as you want. You determine how much you get. There's no limit to this. And the only way that this will be limited is according to your obedience to my calling. When you say enough, I stop. When you say more, I give more. So when God calls us in an area of our life, or it, let me say this. It's a myth for any of us to believe that God is working on an area of our life. God is not working on an area of our life. He wants all of us. So for me to think, well, man, I've got this little secret thing over here that I want to get rid of. I know it's not pleasing to God and it's just not good. I need to get rid of it. God, I need you to work on this area of my life. It is impossible for him to only come and work on that area of our life. <laughs> the myth would be for me to think, God, I'm only going to, I'm giving you access to this part of me. The only time those fringe things take care of themselves through the Holy Spirit is when I give him my whole heart. And when I respond to him, he will take care of every one of those things that aren't pleasing, that aren't good for us, that aren't fruitful for who we're supposed to be, that bring us away from him instead of close to him. The, the, the trick of the enemy is to get us to respond to those things instead of to him. Did you hear me? The enemy tricks us as masquerades as an angel of light and even will come to us and say, you need to work on this area of your life. You need to work on this area. And so what we begin to do is we do this stupid thing and we respond to our ignorance. And we're like, oh gosh, I've got a hole in this wall over here. I've got to work on this hole. And we leave everything else over here. And it's completely a tactic of the enemy to call us away from the thing that really matters. It's not the fringe issues that we need to focus on. It's, God, my heart needs to respond to you. You said, seek my face, Lord, and my heart says, I will seek your face. See, it's such a trick. And what happens is we get frustrated because we can't fix the hole in the wall, so we quit. And we're like, well, God must not want me to deal with this thing, or I don't have the capacity to handle this thing or fix this thing. No, we're trying to fix it with the wrong tool. He doesn't want me to work on this little part of my wall. He wants me to give him the whole city. And when, he, when I give him the whole city, his kingdom comes into me. His, the, the very, his very nature overtakes my nature. And then he goes in and sets up a system that fixes my bad system. He overrides all the, the circuitry that caused the hole in the wall. And he rewires us from the, the motherboard. <laughs> so that that thing doesn't become an issue again. And it all comes from the heart. It comes from me responding to him. 
Proverbs 4.23 says it, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow all of the issues of life. Look, our job is not to just stand guard on the exterior of our city, of our heart. Our job is to maintain the, the, the center of the city of our, heart, of, our, of our being, and that's our heart. Amen? It's the, the biggest thing is for us to manage our heart, to take care of ourselves, to say, God, I'm not just asking you to handle all these fringe things. I, I, I want to respond to you in the innermost place of my being, right? So God's calling us all deeper, and he's saying, I'll give you as much as, as you want. And our willingness to say yes to him in that deep place is what determines how much of him affects us. It's impossible for him to change just a little bit of us. And I want to say this. He doesn't just want to change us. Like, I mean, a light bulb goes out. You change the light bulb. You put a new light bulb in. He wants to completely transform us. He wants to take us from a, a typical light bulb into a completely different light source. So he, he's not wanting to change us. He wants to transform us. It's like you know, the potter and the clay. He started fashioning it, and it wasn't to his acceptance, so he crushed it. He destroyed it. He's not looking at taking our old nature and our sin nature and restructuring it and reforming it and making it into something that's acceptable. He's looking at killing it, throwing it on the ground and starting over again, which is what he did through Jesus, the second Adam. That's what he's looking for. And so you and I, our ability to, to be transformed is completely proportionate to our ability to respond to Him in the secret place. How many have ever felt God just ask you to do something and it felt insignificant? Anyone ever felt that? I just want to see your hand. Did you know that those times are probably the most significant times? I'm reminded of when Elijah was in the mountain and he was upset. And the Bible says that God sent a great earthquake and that God sent a great wind. God sent a great fire and all this stuff. And, and it says God wasn't in any of that big stuff. It says, but then he sent this still, quiet voice. And it says, and that was God. What a powerful statement. And that was God. Look, those moments in our life, those little seemingly insignificant things, They are the manifestation of what's really in our heart. Listen to me. This is so... When God speaks to us about something that's quiet or seemingly insignificant, it's, it's really Him shining a light on the very thing that most needs to be adjusted. You know, when I was growing up, my parents were very... They were very... Uh, they were disciplinarians in my life. <laughs> I got spanked. I hated going to church when I was a kid because I would always be running like my kids do now or throwing rocks and got scars from getting hit with rocks and playing football, climbing trees, skipping in church, cutting our ears open. I mean, I, every time we had church, I would get in trouble. It was crazy. So I was telling Joe some of the stories when I was uh, about two weeks ago because I was a boy and I had all this energy. And so I would every way, every time on the way home from church, it would be like, hey, Remind me when I get home to spank you. I'm like, oh. So now what you've done is you've tormented me. This is like, this is like waterboarding me, God. <laughs> Dad, Dad, sorry. 
you're giving me the option of playing the odds of whether you'll remember or not. And if you do remember, it's going to be worse. If you don't, I don't get a spanking. So I'm sitting here going, hmm, maybe I will fake like I'm asleep in the car. They'll have to carry me in. I can't spank him now. He's already asleep. All right? But those things, my, it was important. It was important for my dad to bring that discipline. But there were things that my dad would discipline way more than me getting rowdy at church or running or doing. It was when I had little attitude things, little quiet things. If he'd asked me to do something, if I just like make a face, because the little things revealed the deepest place of my heart. It's the same thing with God. You and I get so caught up with these loud, obnoxious things in our life that are ugly that God's going to take care of. All right, don't worry. God's going to take care of it. What he really wants us to do is to hear him in those little quiet things and respond to it. It's just true. Because when that, if I can give him that deep place of me, that's that quiet place of me, then he will be able to transform every part of me, right? So our willingness to say yes is what determines what we get. Amen? <clears throat> There's a scripture that I love when we talk about prophecy and uh, basically, prophecy is you just declaring with your mouth what you hear God say. Make it really easy. Prophecy is just saying what you hear God say, right? But there's a scripture in Second Peter chapter one verse twenty-one, and it's speaking about prophecy, but it's it's an actual way the kingdom operates. And so that's why I want to read this real quick. It's Second Peter, one verse twenty-one. It says, "For prophecy never had its origin in the human will." But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful picture, all right? Literally what happens is, is when we yield ourselves to God, when we surrender ourselves to Him in the secret places of our heart, we literally become people who are carried along by the Spirit of God. Are you guys with me still? I'm closing this up. See, I can manage control... In ankle deep. How many have ever been in ankle deep water and you can pretty much stand up? You get to knee deep, depends how fast the water's going, but you pretty much got it. Same thing with waist deep. But when the water's over your head, you don't have really control anymore where you go. All of a sudden, what's happened is you've surrendered yourself to the river's direction. What he's saying about the prophetic gift, but it's also the same way about anyone who's called by God and his spirit lives inside of them. We are carried along by the Spirit of God, by His passion, by His desires. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 3, Nicodemus is talking to him. He's like, hey, um, how am I supposed to be born again? And Jesus is like, well, you know, you got to be born again. He's like, well, how does that happen? He's like, do I go back in my mother? Am I born again? He's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. He's like, really, what I want you to know is that unless you're born of the water and of the Spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom. Because, because that which is born of flesh births flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. He says, don't be amazed by this when I tell you you must be born again. And then he says this. He says, the wind blows wherever it wants to blow. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from. And you don't know where it's going to go. He goes, so it is of everyone who's born of the Spirit. We literally become wind-blown, river-carried 
We yield ourselves to him in the secret place. And the Bible says that as we do that, as we say yes and go deeper, as we say yes and go deeper, we come to the point to where we're literally carried along effortlessly. What a hard word for some reason. Without effort. We are carried along. It's probably because my tongue is swelling. No, I'm just we are, it becomes not work, it, it becomes we're carried along by the Spirit, by the river. Amen? <clears throat> he longs for you and I to be swept away in our lives, to where it becomes natural, to where it becomes normal, to where it becomes effortless. <laughs> Man, it becomes effortless. I can't say it today. I'm going to try it again. No. Let's close it out, all right? We talk about magic here, right? We believe in magic. How many here believe in magic? What I mean by magic is miracles happen, dreams come true, and nothing's impossible. And the way we, we teach it to our kids is if God's kingdom is the most magical kingdom because he's the most magical king. That's all there is to it. So there's something magical that happens inside of our hearts when we say yes to him and the river of God begins to flow into our lives. The rest of Ezekiel 47, but I want to read verse 6 through 12 and then we'll close it out, okay? He says, Son of man, do you see this? Then he took me back to the bank of the river and when I arrived, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region down to this place where it enters into the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, listen to what happens. The salty water there becomes fresh water. There will be huge numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything lives. Everyone say, everyone say everything lives. Fishermen will stand all along the shore from En Gedi to En Eglam. There will be uh, places for spreading out the nets. The fish will be so many different kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Then he says this about us. He says, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves will not wither. They will not, their fruit will not fail or become old. Listen to this. Every month they will bear fruit. In other words, there will be a place that you can go to when you say yes and go deeper. When you produce fruit every month of the season. There, there aren't times where you're fruitless. Amen? And then he says, because the reason that this will happen is because the water flows from the sanctuary. And it says, even the leaves of the trees will be fruit to heal the nations. All right, let's close this out. Why is this so important? Because when we say yes to him, when we yield to him, the spirit of God comes inside of us and becomes a river that flows out of us. It bubbles up. It flows. As that bubbling takes place, it causes rejoicing in the kingdom of God. Because you and I are becoming who we were supposed to be. When that river begins to be part of who we are and it begins to carry us along without effort and takes us into the places that we're supposed to go without even knowing it, right? Being led by the Spirit. When that begins to happen, everywhere that we go, we will take the river of God with us and everything that we touch will live. Are you guys here? This is the payoff. Not only will my life become more like his, not only will there be a transformation that takes place inside of me where I, I become the habitation of God, 
Not only will that happen, but I will begin to live the same lifestyle that Jesus lived. Jesus didn't decide to heal the sick. He didn't decide to, to multiply the bread and the fishes. He, he just did it because that's who he was. He didn't have to make this effort or this thought process to do it. It was reflex to him. It was just natural for him to do it. He says that the things that Jesus did that we're going to do and even greater things than these. How many believe that? So if we're going to do what Jesus did, how do we do it? We have to be born of water, which is salvation, and born of the Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When that happens, there will become a river that comes from the throne of God that, that deposits itself inside of us and touches everyone around us so that we bring life, not just to ourselves, but to our families, to the people we care about, to the people we pass on the streets. You guys with me? God is calling us to this place. I wanted to end with this because we've been, we've been saying as a church, it's time for us to, to do the things that Jesus did. This is how it happens, all right? I'm going to say this again. I don't think that there's anyone in here that God's not calling you deeper. I don't think that there's anyone exempt to, the, to this call. I think it's just a matter of, saying, of quieting ourselves and saying, okay, God, what are you saying to me? Literally, God, are you, what are you speaking to me? Because he is speaking. He is calling us deeper. I want, to say, I want to say this to those that maybe are afraid. Don't be afraid. How many like it in the Bible when when an angel would show up, the first thing would say, hey, don't be, don't be scared. It's okay. I know I'm like this angel or ghost in front of you, but hey, it's okay. Don't be scared. I feel the Lord saying that to some of us today. Don't be scared to say yes. Don't be scared if you've been comfortable and ankle deep and he's saying, hey, come a little bit deeper. Go to knee deep. Don't be scared to say yes to him. You will never regret saying yes to God. There's never been a person in the history of the world who has regretted saying yes to God. Amen. Why don't you guys stand and <clears throat> before we do anything else, why don't you just uh, why don't you just put your hand on your heart and start praying? Just say, say, God, I need to hear from you. Yeah. Hmm. Holy Spirit, we just release you in this room. Oh, we ask that the voice of the Lord be heard. We speak to every other voice to quiet. Uh -huh. I'm going to ask, we're going to do this old school today, all right? You know God's been calling you deeper. I want you just to, to come up to the front. I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to come up to the front. I want to say this to anyone here. If you, if you heard him speak about a fringe thing about your life, that, that's not God speaking to you right now. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. So when you get here, just, just talk to God. Just, you, you know how to say yes to him. I don't, I don't think I can even tell you how to do that. You guys know how to do it. Just talk to him, yeah?
Macias, Macias. <laughs> First of all, we're thankful that you want us to have all of you. <laughs> it's pretty cool, God. Oh. Hmm, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just talk to him, have a conversation. <laughs> I say yes, Lord. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. <laughs> Lord, let that river begin to bubble up, spring forth out of our body, out of the most inner place of our being. Yeah. We say yes, we say yes. You initiate, we respond. We were made to say yes to you. We were made to respond. so gentle in the way he calls us to. He never forces us to, to, to come closer to him. He believes that you'll find him. He said, you, when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And then he follows that up by saying, I will be found by you. You're going to do it. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be quiet. Just keep talking to him. says yes. Our hearts say yes. Mm. <clears throat> Our hearts say yes, Lord. We do. We do. We want more. We want more. <laughs> Don't you just pray that. I want more. We want more. <laughs> more and we want more. Father, until the fullness of Christ dwells in us, we say yes. Oh. 
until Christ is formed in us, we say yes. We say yes, we say yes. Oh, yeah. We say yes. you pray for someone close to you, yeah? Just say more, Lord. <laughs> That's a good prayer. <laughs> more, Lord, more. More of you, more of you, more of you, yeah. song I sing more than the next heartbeat more than anything Lord as time goes by I'll be by your side cause I never want to go back to my old life need you more yeah come on just keep praying yeah more than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more. More than the song I sing, 
say yes. Yeah. Why don't you just lift your hands. Lord, we say yes. More of you, Lord. <laughs> we want the fullness of your kingdom. Yeah. We want your river to flow in us. Yeah. We'll say yes to even the quiet things, the things that seem insignificant. We say yes in those areas. Yeah. Take all of us. We want you to have all of us. We exchange ourselves for you. <laughs> Transformation. We speak transformation right now. We release transformation, the power to be transformed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yeah. If you're praying, we want you to keep praying. If you've got a specific need that we didn't hit on today, you need healing for anything, I want you to come to this banner over here that says healing on it. Someone will meet you there, and we're going to ask that the river of God will touch you. And that the leaves would bring healing to your bodies, healing to your marriage, healing to your relationships, whatever it is. If you need salvation, the Bible tells us to drink deep from the wells of salvation. The word salvation is a beautiful thing. It means saved, it means healed, it means delivered. It covers all of it. So if you want salvation today, someone will meet you at this banner. You want to give your heart to the Lord. Maybe you don't know Him, or maybe you feel like you don't know Him. Someone wants to talk with pray, pray you through that right now. If you need anything else, you just need a miracle. You need a miracle in your work. You need a miracle in your business, a miracle in your body. Right here, right in the middle, we have our magic carpet just for miracles to happen. You need some of your dreams to come true. And your dreams need to come alive. That, that's a spot right there for you. Someone will pray with you there as well. And I just want you to know we love all you guys. I'm so proud of everyone in this church. Last thing I'm going to say. I'm proud of every one of you because you do respond when you hear God. You do respond when you hear His voice, and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, just before everybody leaves, I feel like there, uh, there's been an attack of depression in our community. If you have been feeling random moments of sadness that you can't explain... Um, please know that 
you're probably not the only one, and we want to pray with you. So please come forward. If you've just been having random hopelessness, random sadness, random I don't feel any purpose in my life, any sort of things like that, that's an attack on the enemy, and I feel like it has been kind of rearing its head lately. And so please come get prayer for that if you're one of those type of people. Also, please remember that November, we're fasting negativity, okay? I need a reminder. <laughs> and so I'm also reminding you that let's let's make sure we're talking positive things this month. Let's be grateful for the good things that we have in our life this month. And this is just this, the fast that we're doing as a church just to show God that, hey, we really see all the good things you're doing in our life. We won't lose sight of those things just because we're not happy with everything. Okay, so we're going to be very thankful this whole month, and we're going to fast negativity. So please remember that, okay? You guys have a wonderful day. Stick around, eat some chili with us, hang out, and enjoy fellowship. Be blessed.